right, here's the question for you as we start our message. What to you is the key ingredient in a Thanksgiving meal? What's the key ingredient? Would it be the turkey? You know, like the centerpiece? Would it be the homemade gravy? Green bean casserole? That's my personally my favorite. Don't be a green bean casserole yet. Pumpkin pie, perhaps? Candied sweet potatoes or yams? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just so you know, after the service, this one's mine, okay? Put that here actually right now. Ha, ah, I told you I was up here before you guys. Um, so, I mean, just take a moment though. And we, we praise God, thank God for those who, you know, along with James, our worship team, our tech crew, I mean, make this altar so special. Isn't that awesome? It shows you the abundance, right? This cornucopia of abundance that we have physically and then not just it's a reminder, a visual reminder of what all the good gifts that God gives to us. And I, I remember as a young adult in, in my late teens and early 20s that on a Thanksgiving day, I would not eat the whole day long. I mean, I just like not, not eating because I knew I had two meals. I was in training, two meals, one at 2 o'clock with my family, and then one at 6 o'clock with Jen's family, and man, it was like, whew, I was looking forward to that, all of these Thanksgivings, uh, you know, in, in my youth. Uh, for me, though, uh, as I kind of led you astray a little bit, the key ingredient isn't in any of those things that I named. The key ingredient for me is actually right in the name of the holiday, Thanksgiving, right? Thanks. Giving. That's the key ingredient, isn't it? I mean, we're post-COVID, right? Post-COVID, here we are worshiping together. Here we are getting together with our families, right, with our friends. I mean, that's an amazing thing to be thankful for tonight as we meet with family and friends. And if you're a, a follower of Jesus and you're not in a Christian family, guess what? Jesus is right there with you all the way, all the time. He's next to you. He'll lift you up in those times and he'll make you to be a light and salt to those around you wherever you go tomorrow for people to see Jesus through all of us. So the question for us tonight to, to be thankful uh, for or, or to think about our thankfulness is, is how is your thankfulness level? Now, in 2022, right, I mean, I, I don't mean... All the things that we can write a list about, yeah, I'm thankful for my job, thankful for my car. We can do all these things, health, that. But what I'm talking about is this. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling that thankfulness? Especially when things don't work out, right, the way we want them to. When things go south, we find it hard to be thankful. When we lose jobs, right, when we can't pay the bills, when, when the bank account is small, when there's some disease in the family, when we lost a loved one, right, They've been called home. When relationships break, when we have stress, thankfulness isn't always easy, is it? Thankfulness is a little bit like uh, cutting the grass or doing the dishes sometimes, right? There's sometimes when we want to do the dishes, and there's sometimes when we hate to do the dishes. There's sometimes when we want to cut that grass, and sometimes when we have to cut the grass. How's your thankfulness level? What's it, what's it like tonight? You know, sometimes on a, on a day like tomorrow, right, we need to give thanks. We know that. That's what we have to do. But let me ask you something. Have you ever been really angry? Answer? Yeah, probably. When was the last time you were just like 
angry, the, you know, the kind of anger where you just want to pull your hair, you want to scream, or you want to punch something or someone, hopefully not someone, but, you know, it happens. Now think about that moment when you're really angry and somebody comes up to you. Just calm down. Does that work? No, it doesn't work, right? You're told to calm down when you're just screaming angry mad, right? It's not going to work. It's going to get you even more what? More angry. Same way also when somebody just tells you, just be thankful. And if you're not already thankful in your heart, you know, what's going to happen? You'll probably just be embittered. You'll be irritated. You know, the person maybe who made you this wonderful Thanksgiving meal, you might be mad at them because just be thankful, right? That's just kind of the way it goes. Our fallen nature, our humanness, our, our turning inward into ourselves, that's what happens. And we have to acknowledge that tonight, that we're not always thankful. That we don't always have that key ingredient in a Thanksgiving, on a Thanksgiving day. I have to acknowledge it. Anybody who's a follower of Jesus does as well. But what we get to do tonight is to be reminded of why we're thankful. To cultivate that thankfulness. And we're going to do it in, in just three short verses from the book of Colossians. You read it on the, the video that we had. But if you want to go on your Bibles, uh, uh, if you have a Bible app on your phone or Bibles that we provide, Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to find out these three things tonight from these verses. That we're more thankful when we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. We're more thankful when we let the word of God dwell in us richly. And we're more thankful when we give all the glory and honor and everything we do for Jesus. So are you ready? Three things, simple things, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. It's on the screen. Would you read it with me? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. You see, when our earthly circumstances are free from conflict and we, you know, we enjoy these momentary times of peace, yes, that happens, but what happens when difficult times come? When relationships are hard, right? When there's health problems, when there's financial crisis, and that peace then that we have in those momentary times, and if it's dependent on circumstances, well, that kind of peace is unstable. What, what St. Paul is writing to us is this peace, this inner peace, this peace of God, which really is a, a gift from God that we can't generate on our own. This is the kind of peace through Jesus that we have and we can have access to. So it's a gift, though. It's a gift. And so having God's peace provides this way, an outlook that, that, that uh, really cultivates thankfulness. And I think one truth uh, in our lives is this, that the most intense moments of thankfulness are not found in times of earthly, like, ease and plenty, but when there's difficulties and troubles. I'm going to give you an example. How many of you know... Um, this old hymn, it's an ancient hymn called Now Thank We All Our God. Ever hear that one? Now Thank We All Our God. First verse goes like this. Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices whose wondrous things has done in whom this world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Some of you that are older than me or my age, you probably have this memorized. You probably know it because it, it kind of crosses denominational lines. Like, like the, the hymn Amazing Grace, this actual song, this hymn, was 
printed in all the denominational books, Christian denominations all through the U.S. For, for lots and lots of years. But did you know this? That this was written by a Lutheran pastor, guess when? 1636. 400 something years ago, this pastor writes this as a hymn of, of praise and thanks, but also of, of, of peace. And I wanted to share with you about how this story, uh, this, this, the, the hymn was written. The man's name was Martin, not Martin Luther, because he was about 100 years before this one. But this is Martin Rinkhart, a pastor that lived in a walled city of, uh, of Germany. The city was named Eilenburg. And this city was during the Thirty Years' War, we're talking 1618 to 1648, had all kinds of people that were coming from different parts of Germany because Germany was being ripped apart. Catholics, Protestants fighting, other countries around Europe, they're all fighting for power and control. And so this city becomes overcrowded. Lots of people. When you get overcrowding, right, in a, in a walled city, well, you get conditions that become very poor very quickly. So there's pestilence, there's famine, there's polluted drinking water, there's poor sanitation, all kinds of things. And they said during this 30 years war that between 5 and 10 million German people were decimated. They were killed. I don't know if you can put that in perspective. Our greater Detroit area is like 5 million, right? The whole state is like 10 million. So between 5 and 10 million historians say during this war, just gone. And so you know what this pastor did most of his time during the day in this walled city? Conducted funeral services, 40 to 50 of them a day. It was recorded that he did 4,500 funerals during this time. I, it's just hard for me to fathom. His own wife passed away. The, the other two pastors that were in that city with him passed away. He's the only pastor left. And so as he's there with, with these people that are dying all around him, he's writing this table grace or prayer for his kids and his congregation. And he writes those words. And not only did he do that, but something even more, I think, spectacular. The Swedish army is invading. They're exacting a ransom from all the people that are in this city. The people can't pay for it. What he does is goes outside the city walls, goes right into the Swedish camp, and negotiates with the general, saying, this is the only thing we can do. We can afford this much. Would you take that? And these Swedes were just so taken aback by he's coming out himself, trying to negotiate with us that they didn't inv invade the city. They took the money that whatever they, they provided and left them alone. That's incredible. That's incredible. To me, that, that kind of story just, it just exemplifies really the peace of Christ, doesn't it? That this man would have the peace of Christ, this inner strength and confidence that if I walk out of these <laughs> this city, I could be killed. But to save the people, right, to save others, he would do that. And he writes this hymn. And so what I'd like to do right now, if for those of you that know it and for those of you that don't, guess what we're going to do? going to take a break from my preaching and you get to sing. It's a catchy little tune, right? It's 400-something years old, but I want you to stand up. And our awesome worship team is going to sing two stanzas of that, and we're going to sing with them, okay? Let's do it.
this is going to be beautiful. Amen. I, I call this a hymn of peace. Before you sit down, guess what I want you to do? Fist bump, shake hands, hug. If you're comfortable, just speak the words. Just say God's peace to you. Right? Peace be with you. Whatever it is, with your friend, a neighbor. Share the peace of the Lord. Peace be with you. If those of you are new, peace be with you. If I haven't met you before, please come up to us, Pastor Joe and myself, after the service. You can sit down. I mean, doesn't that make a little difference, right, when you know the story behind a hymn like that? And, and um so that's 400 years old, but then as I was with the worship team, uh, you know, doing the warm-ups there, just going through all the parts of the service, did you notice that some of the songs that we sang tonight were from our own worship team? I mean, that, that's amazing, you know, like 2022, 16-whatever, 30s, and yet those hymns are in us, and that's something I'll talk about a little bit later uh, as we read uh, the word of God, but that peace, that peace of God comes through Jesus Christ who is our Savior. Amen? And that's one way we can cultivate that thankfulness is let that peace and know that peace in our hearts. The second way we can do that is when we have the word of God that dwells in our hearts. So we're going to read together Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Read it with me. Let the word of God of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach, admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Do you ever have any of that kind of self-talk in your head, self-talk messages that you hear over and over, or a song that's repeated in your head all the time? You know, what are you thinking about? What are you dwelling on? I mean, that's really, when you have that in 
in your head. That's what you're dwelling on, right? And what's St. Paul saying? What should we be dwelling on? The words of Jesus, right? It means we're recalling God's truth that are, that's in our hearts, that's on our minds, and Paul wants us to dwell on that because that cultivates thankfulness, God's words of truth of who we are and who God is. Did you notice in verse 16 that it says this? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs were sung with thankfulness. I mean, isn't it a truth that when, when, uh, when the word of God is, is in us, right, and we're singing these, these worship songs that our thankfulness grows? I mean, it just does. When you come into worship, you know, and you're having a, a bad Sunday morning or whatever it is, right, and you come in and you start singing, wow, that's truth, God. That's truth right there that's speaking to me. Your spirit is working and, and you're filling my soul with good things. Not my, just my soul, but then my mind and my heart. And it's just an awesome thing that cultivates thankfulness. St. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20, these words. He says, be filled with the spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. There's a, you know, repeat there, right, from Colossians. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, for everything. And so as we sing God's word out loud, right, as, we, as you hear the sermon spoken to you, as you read the word of God and you speak that out loud through worship, that all creates thankfulness in us and through us. And so the more we learn about God, the more thankful we are. When we get the word of God, right, when we get into the word of God, the word of God gets into us. Isn't that true? And transformation happens. We cultivate thankfulness when we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, when we let the word of God dwell in our hearts. And in verse 17 from Colossians chapter 3, read it with me. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Brothers and sisters in Christ, isn't it true that we're more thankful when we do everything for Jesus' glory? So it's time for a heart check, okay? Who do you live for? Who do you work for? Who would you like to get the glory for things you do well? Mm, pretty much me. That's hard to admit, isn't it? But our sinful nature, our self-centeredness calls us just, it's about me. I'm living for myself. I deserve the credit, right? When the good things I do, I think and I want and I need, it's just about me. But as Christian people, it's the truth that we have a dueling nature in us. We're sinner and what? Sinner and saint at the same time. And so the Holy Spirit reminds us as we read the word of God that we don't have to live for ourselves. The Bible says you're not your own. You're bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body, St. Paul writes in Corinthians. So, when we're working, we do it for his glory. When we're in school, we do it for his glory. When we have hobbies to do, right, we do it for his glory. When we're a father, a mother, a student, whatever it is, we do it all for his glory. Everything we do for him and through him. Amen? And the more we do that, the more thankfulness that we have in our hearts. In a sense, I say it this way, thankfulness is an expression of humbleness. Thankfulness is an expression of humbleness. In the Hebrew, there's a couple different words 
that are, are used for gratitude or thankfulness, but in English, one of the ways it can be translated, thankfulness or gratitude can be translated confession. Confession. To offer thanks to God is to humbly confess my dependence on him. I need him. It's not about me. I need him and I acknowledge that. I admit it, right? And I need God work to work in me through his word, through songs, through music, through each one of us talking back and forth to one another, right? So Martin Rinkert was the guy in the 1600s, but Martin Luther, one of the guys of the Protestant Reformation, 100 years before him, he wrote this in, in one of his table talks. He says this, the greater God's gifts and works, the less they are regarded. Think about that. As sinful human beings, we have a pattern, don't we, of, of exhibiting a degree of thanksgiving in life in reverse proportion to the amount of blessings we receive? What do I mean by that? That a hungry man is more thankful, right, for a morsel than a rich man is for a banquet table? Isn't that true? That a lonely woman in a nursing home is more grateful and thankful for someone who visits than a popular woman that, you know, gets thrown a party? That a persecuted Christian, right, in a, in a third world country that was communistic or that was atheistic is more thankful when he gets a Bible than we are when we have a whole bunch of Bibles all over our house. I mean, isn't that so true? Think about this. You go outside, right, and you look up at the stars, the constellations, right? What if those constellations only came out every 100 years? Think about that. Think about how excited we would be to see that. Probably not alive, but, but because they're out every night, you ever give them a look, right? The same applies, doesn't it, with a spouse or a family member or a friend? One more heart check. How are you doing with living out thankfulness? How are you doing in 2022? Have circumstances and struggles or challenges caused you to lose your thankfulness? Or perhaps you've been blessed by so much that you forgot to be thankful? You see, one of the evidences of the Holy Spirit that works in our lives is gradual reversal of that pattern that Luther talked about. As we come to church, right, as we take this pause, as Pastor Joe said, it helps us to get rid of that self-centeredness, doesn't it? It really does. To have a thankful heart tonight would be an awesome thing. I can't tell you, just be thankful. That doesn't work, does it? Just be thank thankful. No, it doesn't work. That's a God-given gift, right? Your spouse can't tell you just to be thankful, right? Your parents can't tell you, your friends can't. You can't even tell yourself that. But the Holy Spirit that is connected to the Word of God helps us to open our hearts. The Bible says that when the Word of God goes forth, it will not return empty it'll accomplish the purpose for which he sent it and the holy spirit works when we read the word of god and that is an awesome thing our sins are forgiven on the cross the holy spirit is in us who gives us faith and points us to jesus god our father who is our creator right the almighty god who we get to worship in eternity is who, who's here present with us tonight. That's an awesome thing. Something we can be filled with and go home with tonight as we prepare tomorrow. Think on those things, right? Think about those three verses in Colossians. The peace of Christ, right? We're more thankful when. I'll say it this way. Thankfulness is a God-given faith 
response. It really is. It's a God-given faith response. And then the next slide, last slide, just to reemphasize one more time. We're more thankful when we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. We're more thankful when we let the word of God dwell in us. And we're more thankful when we do everything for Jesus' glory. Amen? I pray that your Thanksgiving tomorrow is just an awesome time. Thanking and praising God for all the good gifts that he gives you. The spiritual ones and the temporal, the physical ones too. Amen? Amen.